fired up. The snap, the put down, the swing of the leg. It is on its way. It is good! Cincinnati wins the American Championship! Here comes Bosa. Here comes the quarterback, Burrow. Looking for a block, and he got it up on the front by Hopkins into the end zone. Touchdown! What a skip! As there's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos, it will be a home run. And so that'll make it a 4 nothing ball game. Welcome back! I said, Welcome back! It's the first time that's happened twice. He's learning. It's smoother this time. It is smoother, but we're just going to wait until the very end then going forward. Or you could not have gone prematurely. Could have communicated that in our moving forward, moving forward. Could have have communicated that in our pregame. Anyway, I'm your host, Aaron Smith, joined by the self-proclaimed best producer in the city, Ed Mayhall. Not sure that we're going to live that nickname down. I think that's way better than just best producer. I I like self-proclaimed. No, we're sticking with best. Also joined by Jeff Howell. Gentlemen, this weekend sucked, but again, this is why you are self-proclaimed. Weekend sucked. Crosstown shootout. I'm really happy this is the last podcast I'm going to have to discuss the Crosstown shootout because, my God, it was a travesty. Wasn't good. No. No, it wasn't. Yep. Uh, um, let's see. Very good. We have a special guest tonight who should be joining us momentarily. And as if right on cue. Uh, we have Greg Pierce, Alec Pierce's father, joining us. Uh, Alec playing wide receiver number 12 in your bulletins, number one in your hearts. <coughs> um, I hope this loads here. Oh, no. Could be a bad connection. Yeah. So we'll see if we can get that going. Um when you go live, sometimes you run into these types of things. It happens every now and then. That's All good. Um, in any case. We talk about the cross-town shootout for the cross-town shootout. I mean, it's not like there's going to be like a whole, whole lot. Uh, yeah, that we haven't covered I, last night and all that. Or as I was labeled well, it, the uh, cross-town no-showdown. I don't know if there's I don't know if there's really a whole lot that needs to be talked about or disgust or that anybody really wants to hear after after what happened there i think uh west miller kind of covered it in his in his post game thing when he said uh that they got their tails whipped yeah it was god it was ugly it wasn't good and i wasn't expecting a win but i wasn't expecting to get blown out that badly 
Well, I, I, mean, the, I mean, the line was six and a half, and I thought that that was generous. I mean, Aaron said fifteen last week. I did. And my 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 internal heart uh, fandom couldn't do wanted, it. Wanted wanted a Bearcats victory, pulled out, you know, just salt to the earth, getting it done. Well, <laughs> I think we've all been kind of tainted with that. Uh, uh, those two early wins in the tournament this year. I think you know being ranked teams are like okay, well maybe we could just turn on the turn on the burners like we did uh, against those teams and pull out a win. Especially in West Miller's first year, I think we all thought maybe hopefully because in the past you know with our coaches we never really hoped for anything like that. So you know, I think we all kind of got our hopes up, but there's always that one guy for Xavier who is going to just be lights out and. You know, last week we predicted it'd be Zach Fremantle uh, since he was coming back from injury, but uh, this this year it was Jack Nunji with 31 points. Yeah, Nunji, uh, he he destroyed us, and we'll get back to a little bit more on the Crosstown Shootout. But we are joined by a, a relatively new friend to me, as uh, I got to I got to meet him on the sidelines during the uh, the senior when when all the families were lined up for senior night. Uh, Greg Pierce, Alec Pierce's father, as I said earlier, is with us tonight. Greg, you you saw me and you motioned me over and you're like, just want to tell you, I've been been reading your stuff on Bearcat Journal. You guys do a great job. And that was a cool moment for me that a, a parent of a player took the time to A, know who the hell I even was and B, bring me over just to thank me for the work that we do. So how long have you been a member of Bearcat Journal? Let's let's start there. Well, it's great to be with you, Aaron. And Jeff and Ed, great to connect, man. Um, can you guys hear me okay? Yes, yeah. sir. You're coming in great. Yeah, I mean, I um, shoot, uh, we're coming on four years this December when Alec committed. You know, I think tomorrow is like National Signing Day, so it was like four yes, years sir. ago that the 2018 class got announced. And, um, you know, I was coming off um, – um, my older son was playing basketball in North Carolina and, and was just kind of like, was really amazed at amount, the amount of content there. And, and then really started to see that Cincinnati, especially with like Chad and, uh, and all the quality work Bearcat journal was doing, you know, I just really just, it's, it's such a great job of connecting with the community. So I think, I think I probably started to subscribe, um, you know, probably Alex freshman year, right when he's coming in and, I met Chad at the military bowl and, you know, great guy. And, and, um, and yeah, no, I mean, you guys just do great work and it, 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 it adds to the experience, which is fantastic. So, you know, it's funny, my, um, when you guys, I think Chad texted me and said, would, would I be interested in doing this? I checked with three people. I checked with my wife who I've been married 30 years and she said, why you, and then I, um, <laughs> then I checked with Chad and I said, Hey, would anybody in like the football department have like any issue with that? And he goes, no, not unless you're going to talk like Alabama smack, which I'm not. And then I asked, um, Alec, you know, uh, and, and he said, as long as you don't say anything dumb as exactly as those were his words. And I said, I, I can't promise that because what might be dumb to him may not be dumb to me. So, <laughs> you know. We'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. 
I stopped Alec at practice this morning and I told him, Hey, I'm the guy who's doing the podcast with your dad tonight. Um, did want to, you know, introduce myself. I've seen you at practice and all that, but I never had taken the time to actually step out and talk to him. He was usually busy and what have you, but he was just like, yeah. And it just echoed exactly what you just said. I told him not to say anything dumb. I said, well, I, I talked to, I talked to my dad, Chad, and uh, he told me not to uh, ask him anything Bama related. So I think yeah, that's, right. that's, that's the only thing that we really have to worry about here. Um, now you talk about your wife and you two met at Northwestern where you were playing football and she was playing volleyball. And Chad's told me repeatedly that she was better at her sport than you were better at your sport. So take me through what it was like being two division one athletes meeting at Northwestern and kind of figuring out life together. Yeah. I mean, um, I'm a kid from Milwaukee. Uh, it's one of the reasons I really love Cincinnati, real similar kind of communities. Um, uh, and so, um, you know, went down to Northwestern as a quarterback, but it, it, in the program, it said quarterback slash athlete, which was another way of saying you might want to get ready to not play quarterback. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I learned the learned right away kind of the, you know, the having to try and be as versatile as possible. Um, and yeah, my, I mean, we have five, five letters in our family. My wife had four of them and I had one, I got hurt my sophomore year at Michigan. Um, I played special teams my redshirt freshman year after being a quarterback and, you know, way to get on the field, like a lot of guys know. Um, and then, and then my, whatever be my redshirt sophomore year, my third year, I was rotating with the ones and then just got, had uh, uh, knee surgery, three ligaments uh, in the Michigan game and just never really came back from that. So I've got a deep appreciation, I think, for, you know, you, uh, within, I guess it was in one month, I, w I went from being the, uh, uh, I went from being a backup to a starter to an injured. And I think um, in many respects, being a starter, and I, I actually talk every once in a while to high school teams on kind of that little theme, in a lot of respects, um, the starters kind of the easiest role, at least from my standpoint. I think the the injured's the hardest. You're just always trying to find your place. Sure. Um, the teams always welcome injured players, but it's just so hard to feel connected. And um, so I really have deep sympathy and empathy for, you know, the fallen because it's it's hard. It was about the hardest of those three roles was being injured and then subsequently, you know, done playing. So. But more, more to the athlete in our family. Yeah, Stephanie was a middle blocker, um, and um, she could jump. So that's where Alec gets her, her his hops from. Uh, I guess the as the story goes, she she could dunk a tennis ball uh, in college at five eleven. I never saw that, but I know she can jump well. Um, so yeah, so we um, we started dating our senior year and and got. Um, got married pretty early. So we just, we just celebrated our 30th uh, wedding anniversary this summer. Congratulations, Congratulations on three decades. That's yeah. an impressive feat. We keep talking about this. You're going to, your subscriber base is going to go down. So you actually went <laughs> up. <laughs> so, you know, you, you have three kids and the eldest went to North Carolina. Um, I'm not sure. I, I was doing some reading. I'm not sure what his major was, but then you also have, Alec, who is an engineering major, mechanical, I believe, and you have your youngest, Caden, who is at Princeton, all of them athletes for Division One schools. 
I mean, you have to be the proudest parents, both genetically and and just scholastically and athletically, just across the country. Maybe I mean maybe Le- Levar Ball. <laughs> I, I, you know, I don't I don't really even know what to say about that. I mean, my youngest who's going to Princeton, he's a senior in high school still, so he he committed and he'll be going next next year to play okay. basketball there and. Um, and I'm super stoked. I'm stoked to kind of like learn like Ivy basketball. It's like this rich, deep history of basketball and, and they have a ton of good teams and, you know, it's an eight team league. So one out of eight go to the tournament. They win a lot of tournament games. Typically they've got high major players in there. Uh, so I'm, I'm super stoked to like, you know, and that's a new the part of the country. I'm not as familiar with, um, the New Jersey area. So I'm super stoked to, uh, you know, learn that. My oldest son, Justin, is um, a second-year pro overseas. Uh, he started his career in Finland uh, in their top league uh, a year ago um, and really landed there because of COVID. Um, a lot of the more concentrated leagues like Spain and France um, were on pause. So his his agent told him, you're, you're super young. You just should go to a, a league that's going to play. So he went there. He loved it. Uh, my wife got to visit. I did not. And then this past year, he, he switched over to Germany, their pro a league. Um, and you know, that's a, that's just a beautiful part of the country. He's, he's in like the Stuttgart area. And just this week, um, because they're having some more shutdowns, he, 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 he got traded, I guess they don't really trade, but he got bought out of his contract and, and headed back to Finland to another team because they'll keep playing. So hard to keep track of him i will say he's coming home though he negotiated to come home for the college football playoffs so nice um that's we're super excited for that because one of the tricky things about um having the good fortune of having you know your kids playing college athletics is you never see them and so when they came home uh you know during the covid shutdown which uh, you know the bearcats were four 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 practices into um their spring ball and then north carolina it was my son's senior year. He had grad transferred from William and Mary. So did kind of the mid-major to the grad transfer and then got his MBA at North Carolina and played for Roy. It was a sixth man, averaged about 20 minutes a game and um, started a few games, had, had a great role. But they were in the middle of their ACC tournament and that came to a halt. And then all of a sudden everybody's home. And so for them, it wasn't great to be home, I don't think. But for us as parents, we'll probably always remember those. They were about, it was about 90 days. Cause if you guys remember then college football, there was that resolve that college football was going to happen. And so they sent, they sent the players back in June and did all the testing and all that stuff. Okay. And really like the college football players um, were some of the first to go back into all those protocols in like June. So we had Alec, from whatever March to uh, June, 90 days. And then we had my oldest son for a little bit longer until he went to Finland. And then, and then our, our youngest son, Kate, and he got to, you know, my oldest son was a pro. And then Alex always, I always feel is kind of trained like a pro. So I looked at my wife and I said, I think this is going to be good for our youngest son, Cade, who's four years younger than Alec, um, just to like watch them grind and, you know, us put together like a makeshift, little dojo in our basement of like some free weights just so and you know cincinnati sent the stretching bands and all that stuff and just uh i think it really benefited my youngest son to to watch 
the older guys go through, you know, what they do. Um, and so that was probably a blessing for us. And then you get to see your uh, grocery bill skyrocket with yeah. two D1 athletes <laughs> yeah, coming we, home and yeah. an aspiring yeah, D1 like, athlete. I'm in, my, I'm in my attic. And so I do this little commute down for dinner at night. And um, I, I, you know, Justin be at the dinner table, Alec be at the dinner table. And I'd be like, where's, where's Cade, my youngest? And they're like, well, he's in charge of making sure the weight room's clean every, every night, which is like music to my ears. It's like, you know, they're just, it's classic younger brother thing. And so <laughs> he'd always come, he'd always come late for dinner uh, after, after making sure that the, you know, little mock shift, uh, makeshift weight room was, was uh, to their standards. You awesome. said something about, you know, the, the younger brothers watching the older brothers. I, I think there's a lot of truth to that. And Jeff, you could probably attest to that. Like I watched my, my youngest son watched my oldest son play soccer. And then when he goes out, the field, he just tries to imitate his brother. Yeah. And I think that kind of gave him, a, I'm going to say a, a leg up, but, you know, kind of made him used to the game before, you know, before he was ready. For sure. Yeah. I think birth order, the oldest, I w I'm the oldest, so I can kind of say this. They tend to be a little more cautious. Uh, and then, you know, then the next ones pretty much looks at the other one and said, but, I'm not going to go that path. So I'm going to go probably a little bit crazier path. And so, yeah, we have, I guess it would be like, a, a, you know, basketball, football, basketball. So that there'd be a football sandwich we have. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, you mentioned being injured. Is that, we, we all know that Alec went through his injury last year. And is that something that you guys related to on a deeper level than maybe you had anticipated? You know, people, ask, that's a great question, Aaron. People ask me, um, you know, cause all, all my discretionary time is, 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 is in athletics or supporting athletics. And so people ask me, you know, do I get nervous for wins and losses? Uh, and I, I, I don't, I, I get, I just really get hopeful that people don't get hurt, you know, mm -hmm. hurt, even random hurts, you know, like, you know, they're practicing right now, right. just like, just get us to the game type of thing. And so <laughs> I remember when Alec, um, I remember when Alec um, texted us, you know, and, and you guys remember their, their camp was extra long um, mm -hmm. because just they, they had that unique situation of being in a, in, in higher ground created like its own little kind of quarantine. So they have you been early, there? So it was a super long camp. They Greg. break camp They're, you know, they're playing like Austin P in the first game, week and Alec texts us on like the Wednesdays. Like I tweaked my knee a little bit. So it wasn't it wasn't horrific. They just kind of did a little little maintenance on them, and and then they said we're going to cautiously keep you out of these non-conference, and then you'll be ready for SMU. We came back for SMU, and then like the first um, quarter of Memphis, um, you know things were going really well, and then um, you know went in the second quarter went up for a a ball and separated his shoulder, which I'm told is like when you separate your shoulder, it just means you tear your labrum, and so. You know, he, um, he, he remember, you guys remember him having a, he was out for a couple more games and he had a harness and then, then mm -hmm. he said, I'm not wearing the harness, um, <laughs> you know, and, 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 um, I just kept thinking like, uh, you know, I, and, and so he, um, yeah. So anyway, he, um, he had a little bit of maintenance there and, and then, but yeah, you never like to have injuries. It's just. Like I, you know, kind of started in the beginning. It's just never, it's never fun. You you mentioned higher ground. Have you had a chance to get out there? 
Yeah, the last two years we haven't been able to do it, which has been, um, you know, the Bearcat families are just so such great families and probably the only bummer to, I mean, think about this run that we're on. It's just amazing. It's amazing. Like just everyone, like the more the merrier. Like I have, I have people coming to the Cotton Bowl that I don't even know. It's like, you know, Kevin Bacon may show up. It's like, it's like it's an extension <laughs> of an extension, but people just feel connected. And I know you guys feel the same way, which is like, come on in type of thing. And I, I feel the same way with, um, you know, my group of friends and then their friends even, but you know, the Bearcat community has been such a kind community and getting momentum, meeting families, uh, freshman year at higher ground and then at the tailgates and then sophomore year at higher ground and get momentum. And then all of a sudden it came to a screeching halt, you know, the next year the families could show up, but we really, you know, you, you know, tailgating just another way to like get to know and meet people. You really couldn't right. do any of that. We couldn't do higher ground ground junior year in this past year. And so I feel like the tailgates this year were a lot like we're like we're like rekindling. But for us, you know, it, it's coming to a it's coming to an end, which is um, a little bit bittersweet because you had that kind of community pause in there for a while. I mean, the team was putting out a great product, but you know, it was without fans and, and all that stuff. And so all the things that we love about college football, which is just a way to kind of gather and see friends, you know, that for whatever, 18 months was kind of on pause. And so I feel, I feel a little, I feel a lot of people feel a little shortchanged on just like, okay, for us, it's been four years, but it's really been about two and a half years of like getting to know the Bearcat family. Now, as you know, once a Bearcat, always a Bearcat, right? You're Absolutely. always welcome back. So and I'm actually going to miss that 315 mile drive. That it's it's never it. it's never over. You were always welcome back. Just let us know. And I mean, I'm sure Dave Simone at his uh his tailgate, he's he's got Jello shots waiting for you. You know, I mean, he's he's ready for it. Yeah, I listen to their podcasts when I can, and. Um, I've never, I've never had the pleasure to meet Dave, but he always makes me laugh on that show. And he just, you know, he, he just, you never know what he's going to say. It's always, it's always witty and it's always funny, but it's also just, just right off the top of his head. And it's always so funny, especially when he does the, you know, Dave after dark, uh, after big wins are always classic. <laughs> good luck with those, but those are always uh, yeah. a good time. So you mentioned that it's a, a 315 mile drive to get down here. What well, what's the drive like from, uh, from where you're at to New Jersey? Yeah, that's a plane ride. You, you, but the good news, Jeff, is you can do it either Philadelphia or New York, and then it's just like a little subway shot after that. I think if we were to drive it, which we'll do next summer when we move them in, I think right. I, if I, I think it's about, I think it's about a 12, 12 hour drive. And we had done that North Carolina, and then William and Mary was in Williamsburg, Virginia, about thirteen hours. So we've done that before, but yeah, four and a half hour drive to Cincinnati. You know, if it's a three thirty game, we could do we could leave in the morning. It just gave us a lot of flexibility, especially still having a um, a high schooler. You know, he would have commitments Friday night, and then we could leave Saturday. Oh, so, yeah. yeah, I'm gonna miss that. I mean, I'm not really missing. I'm not gonna really miss sixty five i sixty five. But um, yeah, it's and then rolling into off seventy four, like just the pretty country as you start to get closer to the. Ohio river and just like it gets lower. It's super, super pretty around, uh, when you cross the border. So before, before Alec committed down here, uh, was, was Cincinnati really 
very high on the radar? Was it something he was looking at? Is it somewhere that you guys have been before? Well, I knew they were good. I remember them, you know, I remember when the Big East, when they were playing in the Sugar Bowl and, and the Orange Bowl, I remember that. Um, and that's a great question, Jeff. You know, it says in the media guide that he had a lot of these different offers and I'm, I'm not, sh you know, big offers. I'm not sure um, how that kind of landed on, on that. Cause really when Cincinnati offered and they offered late, um, Ben Bryant was in his conference um, and it was during the season um, of his senior year. So, you know, be the equivalent of like a month or so ago. So, you know, guys were already committed in the class of 2018 um, a ton. And I think there was only a few spots left, I, I guess. And coach Denbrock was his, his, um, the guy recruiting him, he was recruiting Chicago. I guess they were looking for a, a big receiver or an athlete type uh, person. Alec was a track guy. Uh, and he was, we're a football school. We're, um, uh, we send a ton of kids to division one. We sent kids to Ohio state, to, um, Iowa, to Wisconsin, to Stanford, to Vanderbilt, so we're usually uh, top 10 ranked as a large school. So people come through the program, but we run like a, like a wing T. So Alec was two-time All-State as like a wide receiver. But if you were to look at his high school film, he put his hand on the ground like a backside tight end, you know, like a wing T. So, you know, people didn't know what to make of him. They didn't know if they were going to put 30 pounds on him and make him a tight end. They didn't know you know, if he was going to be a wide receiver. Um, and of course, you know, when they offered him, I, I knew that was a really good offer. Um, and I immediately looked up to see if they had engineering and they did. And I remember telling my wife, like, because uh, Boston College really wanted him, but they didn't have engineering. And this is an interesting story. I remember, remember telling Alec, um, how serious are you about doing mechanical engineering? He goes, I really want to do it. And I'm like, well, because uh, my wife and I both started out in engineering at Northwestern and we didn't get out of there. Like we were over two, um, we got different degrees um, and, and we turned out okay. So I, I didn't want him to like pass up on a school if all of a sudden he decided to switch majors, but he's a, he's a pretty driven kid. So he's like, I wanna be a, I wanna do mechanical engineering. It's like, okay. So I remember looking up, I vividly remember Jeff looking up um, Cincinnati, if they had engineering and, and they did, and it was also reputable. And I'm like, I think this is like a real, could be a really good fit. And then it just moved fast because they, they had, you know, a couple of spots and I think they really wanted to close with Alec and prioritize. So got to make, meet Fickle a couple of times. Uh, he came to our house and Joker Phillips was a wide receiver coach. He came to the house mm -hmm. and, and then, uh, Alec only took one official visit. He had other ones lined up, but um, he he took the official visit. Um, f funny story. They wanted to um, they wanted Alec to visit on the I think it was like the ninth and the tenth that weekend of 2017 because all of his potential future teammates were doing their officials. So all the guys who had committed were doing their officials that weekend, and they were really encouraging that because they said, "Hey, you know, you you should meet your, your potential future." teammates, which we agreed with. The only problem was my, um, my son, my basketball son was playing, was playing actually coincidentally at Ohio state on that Saturday. And 
so Alec flew out on the official visit to Cincinnati that Friday night by himself. Uh, my wife and I drove to Columbus. Uh, fortunately, the game was at noon. Um, and and then we drove to Cincinnati that night um, and did like the second half of the two-day uh, official. And on Monday night, even though we had other uh, visits lined up, on Monday night, Alec was like, yeah, I think I want to go to Cincinnati. Um, and that was it. That's kind of how Alec is. Like if he sees something, he just kind of doesn't overthink it. He just wants to make it happen. Well, congrats on the first mechanical engineering degree. I, I know I we're it. one for three. We're one for three in our it's family. A, it's official now, right? <laughs> yeah. Like he, it's official. So congrats yeah, last, on that. Last Friday. Yeah, that's right. My wife drove down there. I stayed back because my youngest son um, had a hoops game. Uh, so we kind of divided and conquered on that. But yeah, it was great to see all the other uh, athletes and football players get their degrees as well. So you've been involved now in this community over the course of the last, you know, four years and the last two years have been undefeated seasons, both in regular season. Anyway, of course there was the, the Georgia bowl loss, but what's that ride been like for you as a parent to watch a, a kid of yours have this level of success on a team that he chose to be on and larger part this season be a huge reason for that success? Well, it's a great question, Aaron. I think, first of all, you know, Coach Fickle always talks about uh, with team success comes individual success. And I, that's not just a saying, I believe that, you know, it, uh, football is by far the greatest team sport. Um, it needs all 11 players on the field and then all three units, special teams, offense and defense um, to, to have elite moments. And if you think about it, like, I mean, you know, if I think about what I just said right there, I immediately go to like what we're doing on special teams with blocking kicks. It's like, yep. you know, um, it's just ridiculous, uh, you know, how they step up and, and make things happen. And, you know, I think that the um, there's so many good players on both sides of the ball. Um, and I think I think they use the phrase iron sharpens iron. But I do think yes, that I you, do. Can, you are seeing a benefit to. Um, the talent on both sides of the ball, making each other better. I know um, Alec is grateful to go up against Sauce Gardner every single day, and they go every single day. Yes, they do. Um, because, you know, for a couple of reasons. One, it just makes them better, and, and hopefully Ahmad feels the same. And then the second thing is, um, you know, when scouts come in, it, it's not a it's not a discounted comp. Like you're talking about the best cover. I think the best cover corner in, in college football. And so any, any time Alec has some success there, it, 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 it's, it, it, it's, it's not discounted uh, because somebody's looking and saying, Oh, that's not a good cover corner. That's the best in the business. And so how can, how can a parent not be grateful for that? How can a parent not be grateful for not having disruption with your head coach? Um, uh, you know, staying with you for four years. I, I, I got recruited by Dennis Green, who you guys probably know, who's Northwestern coach, and they went for the 49ers, and he went to Stanford. My brother played for him at Stanford, actually. And then he went in the NFL, the Minnesota Vikings and Arizona Cardinals. I, I never played. He offered me a scholarship. I never played for him. And that's a big deal. And, um, and my oldest son, and um, at when he was at William and Mary, his coach got let go, so he got he had turnover there. So to have have your head coach, for all the reasons, but as a player, to have your head coach, a person who recruited you, who wanted you, 
um, stay is amazing. To have a high profile quarterback uh, is amazing. Um, you know, I, I do think, I do think that's helped Alec and maybe Alec has helped Des, you know, but like, I think that's, you know, how can one not be, you know, um, uh, grateful for, you know, for all those situations and then just the team, you know, it's like they f- forgot how to lose. And, um, you know, it's just amazing. I think about like the military bowl. I, I, I think that, you know, winning at UCLA, um, and it was funny, we, a week before UCLA, Alec was a freshman, you know, we didn't have our tickets booked and he called us and said, I'm, I'm playing special teams. And um, we're like, holy crap, we better book our flights, you know, um, you know, t- uh, cause we weren't planning on going. We didn't know if he was going to travel. And then um, he played, uh, I think he was actually special teams player of the week there, which is kind of funny. But if you guys remember the beginning of that game, we were down 10 to nothing. Um, mm-hmm. Like our defensive mm-hmm. end got um, targeting and tossed from the game. And I just remember saying to myself, I, we might be a year away. And then all of a sudden, you know, uh, you know, in trots number nine, Des. And, you know, four years later, what are we, like 44 and six or something like that? I mean, <laughs> UCLA was a really big moment, I thought. I thought um, I thought Virginia Tech was a huge moment. Um, and that's a huge brand. I remember looking up Virginia Tech and it said, like, they had, like, the longest bowl streak and the longest, like, uh, winning streak. They had, like, 30 years of having a – a a winning record, you know, could be seven and five. So they're just like this huge brand program. And for us to win that game, you know, and Des got hurt in that game even, but for us to win that game, I thought was huge, gave us confidence, Um, you know, to run it back and, and, and kind of take care of business against UCLA. Yeah. Obviously Ohio state was probably weird on a lot of levels for coach going back, all that stuff. And it probably was good, just to show that we still had work to do to get bigger, faster, stronger, get more depth. Um, and then, you know, just everything was progressional. Like, you know, we got to the, we got to the conference championship, but we had to play on the road. Right. So we can relate to like Houston and Tulsa having to play on the road is a big deal. Right. We had to go to Memphis and run it back and we lost. And then this, the year of where there wasn't a lot of fans against Tulsa, we won, which was just the next, level of progression we got to that new year six bowl game and i think it was meant to be to kind of just like you know i mean we we didn't win but we won you know i mean if you think about like what are we like 20 and one we're now 22 and one or something for the last two years and and what do everyone what does everyone talk about as we had in alabama which is like the fact that we went toe-to-toe with georgia uh, which is the one loss and so i i think that and then this year, you know, it's not uh, it's not easy to win. And and so um, I, I thought Coach did a great job of just like leaning into the joy of winning and saying, I'm not going to let, you know, people nitpick us versus not nitpicking, you know, the the other programs and and not just enjoy winning each game because it's Absolutely. hard and you could see the different tactics that team would would use whether it's sitting on the ball or always going for it on fourth down or you know all those things we're always getting the other team's best 
uh, best strategy, best punch, best everything. And I mean, the be 13 and 0 is just really remarkable. If there is one moment thus far from the time that he started at UC till now that kind of stands out to you as like I don't know, maybe your favorite moment or you know, one where you were you know, elated the most, what, what would you think that would be? I have two that come to mind. One is a, a, t- a team one, uh, and then the other one is an individual one. The team one, I mean, that the, a week ago Saturday, um, I mean, I know the UCF at night and like, you know, there's a boatload of cool moments, a boatload, but the, the, the utopia on the field and just like the energy and just like the love hands down. I had, I, I, I brought, uh, folks to, um, the games over the, over the years and people who have played at Michigan, people who played at Northwestern, people who have played in it in front of, you know, I played in front of a hundred thousand people, a bunch of different times. And, uh, they, to, and I keep telling them like, you know, this environment's as good as anything. And they all say that, like my buddy who was the Rose bowl captain and played against USC after I had um, been done playing, he said, that's a top three, maybe even one. Uh, they, they had beaten Notre Dame his senior year that he'll always remember that. But he said that, that this environment that I just experienced here is, is as good as any I've experienced. So that Jeff, that's the team one. And then the individual one is kind of an, an odd one, but I really think it galvanized Alex's confidence as a, uh, in the, in the, trade of a wide receiver so at 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 ohio state he had like a hundred yards or something like that and at, in, at the bus ride um you know you see him at in the bus afterwards and stuff like that and and um you know he's not a guy to like lean into individual stats or anything but i do remember him saying hey dad the um number one that i win against is going to be picked in the top three picks, I think it was Akuda. Uh, and then number three, Arnett, is going to be a top 15 pick. And that's all he said. He didn't say, and I got 100 yards. That's all he said. And I know what he meant, which is, um, you know, I can do this. And um, I think that was huge for him. He might not have, um, he might not have, um, has uh, uh, lacked confidence, but to then actually go against, and and he does have his best games in the biggest games, um, partly because you know um, he maybe he's needed more, or maybe you don't need him as much in the other ones. But you know whether it's Tulsa last year or whether it's this year Notre Dame or Indiana, I mean he he certainly Ohio State he 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 has his biggest games in the in the in the in the, in the bigger games, which is, you know, maybe that is an, um, a, a byproduct of the UC, uh, the Ohio state game, which is only as that was only a second game as a wide receiver, um, you know, in the rotation, I should say as a starting wide receiver. So, you know, Jeff, maybe he drew confidence from that. I've never really asked him that, but I know that was for me. Um, I could tell he, he, he knew he could do this, um, trade and then that, that position after that. So Alex going to the senior bowl and he is projected as an NFL draft pick 
although we'll see where the cards fall in regards to that. But how wild is it that we're looking back at his injury and wondering if he's even going to get back on the field last year at all. And now all of a sudden, after just running off win after win after win after win, we're now talking about Alec being an NFL draft pick. Like, what's that been like for, for you and your family to realize, like, not only is he can he do it, but he's going to do it on the biggest of stages? You know, I mean, he's he's super healthy right now, and um, and that's all. And I knew if he was going to stay healthy, I I, I knew he's going. I know he's going to test well. Um, you know, there's there. It's interesting. Um, you can tell they really do their research, and they don't take any metrics from college teams because those aren't verified. But they can verify that he triple jumped 46 feet in high school. They talk about that. It's like wow, they're they're they can verify that because he did that at state, or they can verify that he was on the uh, um, uh, he's at the high school, our high schools. Uh, he's on the four by one and four by two relay teams that set school records and placed, you know, fifth in state and stuff like that. So they've done their like research on that. And he's a guy that, you know, he, you know, he verticals 40 plus, uh, I think, you know, he's, he's been clocked under, you know, in the four fours. Um, and, you know, and with a little bit of training, who knows what he's going to do. He's going right. to be right at the top in all those metrics, in my opinion. Um, and, which is only going to have him surprise more people, um, I think. So the Senior Bowl, we're really grateful for because I think that I think that was a goal of his. He he didn't come right out and say it, but I, I could tell I could tell that that's a nice opportunity, um, and um, and it's great to see, you know, six or however many we have. It's just a sign of right. it's kind of like two times as much as we had the year before. I think it's just a sign of how people are thinking about Cincinnati. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's just going to be another opportunity just like the Alabama game is. I mean, those are opportunities for the biggest stages for all the, all the players. And um, you know, it's, it's exciting. I mean, you can't ask, you can, you can, as a competitor, you can't ask for anything else. And um, Alec walks toward that, not away from it. Okay. Um, and so I'm excited for him because he, he, he has, he has confidence in all that. Um, he knows he goes against the best cover corner every single day. So who's going to be, who's going to be better than Ahmad at the senior bowl. They would be great, but right. he already, he already runs that every time. And so, you know, I, I know he draws confidence from that. Now go ahead, Jeff, if you got something. No, I was just going to bring up with him going against Ahmad. I know that, that Aaron was at, at higher ground, uh, this year. And, uh, I know he said that there, there, there was some, uh, a questionable touchdown catch, uh, against the mod in, in the, while they were going back and forth out there that got into a little bit of a, a little bit of back and forth of that. That was a touchdown. No, it wasn't kind of thing, which is, yeah, it's always, always fun to hear. We talked about that earlier this Months ago, someone yeah. just has to tell Ahmad that um, it doesn't go against his PFF stats. <laughs> <laughs> so, what do you have like a good story that you can share with us that he's shared about like just going against Sauce on a day to day or anything like maybe deeper than just like you know it's it's tough or you know just something 
I don't know that that you really like stands out as like that was that was funny or because I know they they talk and I'm sure like I mean they, they're always chirping at each other even this morning they were chirping at each other and yeah it's funny I mean like you know even like the I, Alex one of our our more quiet guys at our house so it's uh, we always laugh like in that in the I didn't know the backstory this is not really on a mod story this is more of a Tulsa I didn't know the backstory on the first of all shows my generation i didn't i didn't know what the phrase uh they don't want our smoke or whatever i didn't know what that i, I, didn't, know, I didn't know that phrase right so and I, i'm not even trying to be funny that's that's the truth uh not, and i didn't know that and i also didn't know that phrase uh went down from a cornerback um at tulsa when we had the COVID pause so we didn't go to Tulsa and, mm. and, 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 you know, the kind of the Twitter wars were starting. So I had no clue about like the buildup. And then in the conference championship game, um, you know, Alec had some good opportunities and he was off to a good start. And I think it was like one of her fourth or fifth uh, catches. He, he caught a touchdown and he went running and got right in the face of the, of the cornerback. And I'm like, like, that's, that's, that's not, that's come to become Alec a little bit, I think, and maybe Ahmad's helped him with that um, because he, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't grade him out as a uh, elite uh, trash talker, Alec, but but maybe 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 college has uh, matured him a little bit. But to see that, and my high school coach was texting me and saying like, my son saying, you know. Alex, Alex talking smack because, uh, you know, the guy said he didn't want the smoke and all this stuff. And I'm like, I don't even know what this stuff means, <laughs> but I thought that was kind of interesting because I mean, he's a competitor, no doubt about it, but he usually doesn't need to talk to do it. Um, you know, and even he was tussling with the, the Houston, uh, cornerback, who's an amazing cornerback Jones. And he kind of blocked him blocked him off off the field last game and then you know Jones kind of flipped him and they were they were talking stuff I mean it's more for Alec to just walk away from those types of things because uh, I think he prides himself on like you know not on being mentally strong and like talking is a sign of you know sometimes sometimes the opposite of that but I think you know I think I think um you know Ahmad's a pro you know he, he you talk about a guy who showed up as a freshman with a nickname I, I know Coach Fickle made him earn that nickname, and he did very quickly with two pick sixes. Um, and it's funny because, you know, if you guys remember, Alec and Ahmad had the same number, 12. Yep. And I would run into people in our neighborhood. I remember the after U, UCF game, I was, like, walking the dog, and one, somebody came up to me and said, man, Alec had an unreal game uh, at that night game at home against UCF. <laughs> I think you guys know where I'm going with this. And I was like, I mean, I was like, he caught a, I was thinking to myself, he caught a touchdown, but okay, I'll let him go. And they're like, I mean, like, he's like, good grief. Like he caught a touchdown. And then on the, on the onside kick, he was out there and he batted it out of bounds. And then he had a pick six. And I'm like, wait, he didn't have a, he didn't have a pick six. That's, that's uh, another teammate, but you know, there it's at night and like they're wearing long sleeve shirts probably and all that stuff. And it's like, it's just funny. And, you know, they're both lanky. I mean, Ahmad's even lankier and even leaner, but they're, you know, you can see if you're not really paying that much attention <laughs> and I'm like, Oh my God, this person thought like Alec was like making all these like offense and just like it was like pop Warner football or something. 
<laughs> playing on all three sides of the ball. <laughs> That's fantastic. It's awesome. Um, so I want to get to tailgate questions, but do you guys have anything else on Alec on the field before we move into tailgate questions? Tailgate it up. <laughs> so I know you like to party, Greg. Well, I mean, I don't know about that. I, I'm actually kind of a lightweight on all that stuff, but I mean, I like people. <laughs> so what I'm getting at is who are you going to miss tailgating with from the other people that you've had the opportunity to be at, you know, with all the parents, because you guys have your own tent as families of the players. So who, who are we going to miss? Like who, who have you gotten closest with and what's it going to be like? I mean, there's a ton of families. I mean, you know, I'm so grateful for the Hubers. They run, uh, you know, they, they run the kind of player tailgate and are just such a glue to just all things that get kind of organized. So certainly think about them right away. And then we got adopted um, by another adjacent tailgate, Lucy Gate, uh, with the Woodsides and the Van Fossens and us um, and O'Quinn. They were looking for, I think as the story goes, and I could be wrong, I think Mr. Woodside, Colin's dad, went to school in Cincinnati with the folks at Lucy Gate who, 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 um, tailgate and they knew them and they they kind of quote unquote adopted a few of the uh parents you know the players never really interact with them but they adopted the the the, the parents or and then you know subsequently root for the players and so um the lucy gate tailgaters have just been super kind um and even even for the even for the cotton bowl they 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 texted me and said they they got a, a spot and then they said um um, I said, I, they go, how many are you bringing to the cotton bowl? I go a lot. And, <laughs> and they didn't even ask how many it's, it's kind of like when Prince did the, uh, Prince did the halftime show for the Super Bowl, And they said, Hey, um, we got some bad news, Prince. It's going to be, um, pouring rain. And he said, can you make it rain harder? Um, and so, yeah, they're, they're, they're amazing people and just like connected community, uh, so I'm certainly going to miss, uh, you know, the the player tailgate as well as the the Lucy Gate, and just just even the ability to walk from, whether it's the Fairfield or the Graduate. I mean, I know you guys know this, but normally when you go to a big time college environment like Cincinnati is, normally you're parking somewhere, you're walking mm-hmm. somewhere, mm-hmm. you're thinking about uh, who's going to be the responsible person, and then drive out of the traffic jam. Mm-hmm. Uh, and here you, you know, you park, you get to your hotel. Um, we kind of pivoted from the Fairfield, which has been amazing to the graduate. Cause then we can even see some of the players and say, hi, you know, well, and, and, and that a lot of times it's open now on that Saturday. Um, and then you just walk to the tailgate, you walk to, uh, you walk to the stadium. Um, I used to hang out at Keystone and, and then, uh, my good man, Chad, kind enough to get me in touch with Mio's and so now, now we walk to Mio's I'm gonna miss uh Rich and Kelly um yeah. and then you walk you walk back to your hotel I mean what's better than that it's awesome hi buddy how are you Chad you, you I, I've noticed you're going hatless a lot it's because of the light <laughs> the lighting so if I <laughs> if I put the hat on it's his don't don't let him lie. It's his giant dome. And then when when you have the 
the headphones Ew. and the hat and every i mean it's he's got a large head <laughs> hey the only way you can have a big brain is if you have a big head it's I, true i finally get to take digs at chad though because this is my podcast <laughs> not his well chad you know chad and i would see each other all, all the time at aau which you know i always forget that and he would remind me that like he he really came up through the basketball and then and yeah, then right. subsequently added on the football. You know, I I just never really thought through that until I was getting to know him at, you know, in Louisville at, on the Under Armour circuit and then, you know, Fort Wayne and then obviously Indiana. And um, and then the, the funny connection that our family has with Wes Miller. I'm still giddy that he came to Cincinnati when that announcement happened. I still remember that. It's just like, you know, cause my um, oldest son played with uh, uh, Wes's brother, Walker. We don't also, talk I about Walker Wes here anymore. At North Carolina uh, when he was coaching at Greenville. I'm like, and you know, now going to the big 12, which is arguably the most powerful basketball conference probably is. I mean, it's just like, is this a dream? So can I tell my favorite Pierce story? Please. Sure. So his oldest goes into the portal. Justin goes into the portal from William and Mary. And Cincinnati's like, the, the coaches call me and they're like, he's got a brother on the football team, right? Like, you think you can, you think you can get us involved? And I was like, yeah, like I'm, I'm tight with Greg. I can, I can give him a call. So I called Greg and I'm like, the, you know, the staff wants to, to touch base and see what's up. And Greg was, like he was very nice about it. We hadn't become as close as we are now at that point. And he kind of was like, yeah, the tone was, I, I don't think Justin and Mick would be a great match. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to go back to the staff and be like, yeah, I know him. Yeah. His brother plays here. Yeah. We're, we're pretty close, but probably not. <laughs> You didn't know at that point in time it was going to go to North Carolina levels. Like he but had I just entered that, the portal. I did know that Alec was a better defender than Justin, so yeah. it wasn't going to work for Mick. Yeah. <laughs> so he scouted and reported his own son. Like, yeah, Cincinnati's great for Alex, but for Justin, probably not. Probably not. How <laughs> many deflections? Uh, Justin's not a big deflection guy, is he? <laughs> <laughs> He likes that. He likes to outscore his opponent. That's his thing. Well, we, we could use that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So last question before we let Chad take over any other additional questions or anything like that with you. And then we get you out of here. Um, do you have a, since you got to tailgate this year, do you have a favorite tailgate story from this season? Considering we were all finally back together and you feel like you got gypped. You only got two and a half years of tailgating as opposed to the full four years. So do you have a, a favorite tailgate story from this season as you're riding the wave of everything that's happened for both Alec and UC and you're all celebrating and maybe the drinks get a little looser than what they would if there were some L's. Uh, so uh, this year I, I uh, been married 30 years and one day I just said, didn't even ask my wife. I'm like, I'm, I'm going to be a season ticket holder. So I got four extra tickets. I just didn't want to deal. I wanted Alec to be able to give the, his tickets to his friends. And I didn't want to deal with like, I wanted to know where I was going to be sitting. And so 12th row, 35 yard line on the offensive side, 
and we got to know like all the people around there. There's a professor in the music department that sits by, sits by us. There's a Vietnam vet that sits by us. Uh, and it's just, and it's ironically row 12. That was the highest we could get up. Everything above us is season ticket holder. So we got row 12. That's and, fantastic. Um, yeah. And you know, the, the, the SMU game was super special for two reasons. One is, um, I had two extra tickets and I gave it to, um, uh, Rick, uh, the Vietnam vet um and he was able to bring his uh his sons and his, his he says his son his one son is uh his favorite player he's a wide receiver in high school and his favorite player is alec and that's cute so he was able to bring them but i also brought my buddies from madison i mean i'm from milwaukee but they went to madison and and those are those are pros so they came in you might have seen them they were in like the madison and indiana were those candy stripe bibs um, and they wore the, you know, cause it's red and I'm like, right. well, Bearcats are red and black. So I said, where are the bibs? So they were the guys wearing the bibs. Everybody knows them there. I get texts from, from the people in the stand saying our is, and they have nicknames, Toro and lags is Toro, our to Toro and lags coming to the cotton bowl. Uh, and that was, they made that impression <laughs> all in a four hour time period. So needless to say, that was, that was fun. Um, and then, um, uh, yeah, that's probably, I mean, I came in hot for the temple game because we had a funeral to attend and I, I came solo then, uh, and it was stressing me out cause I knew I'd hit Indianapolis traffic. Uh, and I just parked and I ran in, I ran in right at the time of the announcement. So that was probably my favorite stadium beer is to, is to, is to crack that one or have it be cracked for me by the vendor uh for the temple game all right fair enough chad do you have any questions for for greg before we let him get out of here yeah i guess and i've heard most of this as i was driving home so okay. uh, this is overlapping a little bit but when you got that first nfl grade on alec and it was i don't know if it was higher than you thought but it was pretty pretty high and you don't have to say exactly what it was but what was that moment like as a parent where all of a sudden you're reading correspondence from the NFL that probably recognizes your son at a higher level than really anybody else, right? Like that was, was that the first eye opener for you that was like, this is very, very real. It's a great question, Chad. And it really is. It's still, you know, you always believe in your kids. And I think every parent sure. believes in their kids. And I, I, and I knew athletically, um, you know, Alec, Alec would stack up well athletically, but I would, you know, whether it's um, an injury or whether it's, you know, the, 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 the position he plays is also, you know, a lot of times people, you know, at least the media will just scroll down like the, the production board and and so i and i don't say that with any um uh any uh, uh anger or any issue because actually alec gets twice as many targets in college as he did in high school and so <laughs> like it's all relative but um i i never thought that i thought and he's always been on the road less traveled and it's a good road it's a good road to learn how to like grind and have grit and and like you know, uh, have a little bit of a chip 
you know, and Cincinnati is on that road. And I feel like that's such a powerful road. So it's a road he was already familiar with. And then I remember he was home in May. You know, these guys come home a couple times. It's like 11 and a half month job. And he was home in May. He was on the phone all the time. And I was like, Alec, what, why are you on the, what, who are you on the phone with? And he would say agents. And I thought that that was, wasn't, you weren't even allowed to do that. Cause I remember I just finished up with my, uh, with Justin and the agent yeah. stuff. And that was, you end the season and you have six months before you're deployed. So you start the process of talking to agents. But if I had stopped to think about the um, college stuff, um, you know, whenever you're done, you got a sign to go then start. So there is this overlap. Um, and, and so I'm like, um, you know, I'm like, he said some of the agents that were calling him and I'm like, what? And then, um, you know, he kind of put me in charge of talking to them so he could just focus on football. Um, and I was happy to do that for him. Um, you know, uh, and I think, I think uh, he'd gotten advice from some of the older players on, you know, have a parent run that um, while you just worry on, on football. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I, it, it, it's a story of the scouts. Um, it's amazing how detailed they get on things. Um, there's nothing that's not uncovered, good or bad. And so um, it, it sometimes doesn't match up with the media um, view of things. Um, and I'm still a little bit like, I, I was, if you were listening, Chad, I was saying just my gratitude toward fickle stain, my gratitude toward Alec having a quarterback like Desmond, my gratitude toward, uh, going against a mod on every single play. Yeah. Like, you know, like what an environment to su succeed or fail, but what an environment, because so often there's an environment where you might be succeeding, but then it's discounted. It's like a, yeah, but that guy, or yeah, but that guy. And then, and then it's all, it all gets poured onto like the one or two games. And Chad, you know, this way better than I do, you know, watching the amount or hearing about the amount of uh, uh, NFL scouts that are showing up and then seeing like, you know, an environment of a lot of good caliber players, um, you know, it just, I mean, what a, what a, what a terrific environment to be in. Um, and so I, I was, and still am a little bit surprised. Um, and certainly like, you know, when Melk, you know, like Mel Kuyper starts for all of our guys, <laughs> maybe other parents don't feel that about their kids on those things, but I, I I'm like, wow. You know, I'm just, <laughs> You know, and especially wide receivers, they take a bunch of them. It's not like, you know, you take a bunch of them. So when he lands on that list, it's like, wow, you take a bunch of those guys. And so, yeah, I mean, you know, what do they call it? It's an opportunity. It's not a job. So, you know, just keep working, be humble, be grateful because it could end at any moment. And so. You know, the team has put themselves in really good situation. And as Fickle says all the time, with team success comes individual success. And then there's individual, you know, opportunities from that. So it is a little bit of a dream, though, uh, Chad, you know, and I'm just like that. And so you just try and try and enjoy it 
you asked the question, so I answered it. I wouldn't have necessarily talked about it, but I answer it uh, as humbly as possible because it's just like, yeah, it's, it's really, I'm really proud of the team. Well, yeah, it's not, it's not like, you, you know, you, the, the kids are born and you're like, all right, that one's going pro in basketball. He's going to play in North Carolina. Yeah. This one's going to the NFL. And the third one, he's going to play basketball, but let's send him to the Ivy League. Like, th that's not the journey <laughs> when, it, like, when it starts, but you've had a hell of a journey. And, and I guess, like, everybody wants to talk about the football stuff. <clears throat> Alec got an engineering degree in three and a half years. Like, What? Because everybody says, like, well, when you Chad, Greg, Greg already brought up that mom and dad were 0 for 2 on the engineering degrees. Yeah, right. Like, two. They, they, they tried, it just didn't finish because they went with other degrees. And Cincinnati has such a good engineering school that when football players say that they're going to ma major in engineering, everybody that has ever majored in engineering in Cincinnati is like, oh no, that's not going to work. You're not going to be able to do that here. Aren't there two of them? Well, Royer. Royer well, there's three because John Williams is in aerospace. Oh, but Royer and and Alec, which Royer has a walk on, that kid's a lunatic. <laughs> lunatic. <laughs> but three and a half years, Greg, like that's unfathomable. And if you guys already talked about this, you don't have to answer. No, that, that, awesome. no, I think the um, you know. Engineering is a team sport, which is why not, you know, and so is football. So I think it's why um, a lot of schools, you know, when Alec was getting recruited, uh, some of the big 10 schools that were talking to him that were good at engineering just were like, you know, that doesn't mix. And so I'm not going to say he was ultimately going to get a scholarship offer or not. It just came to a halt because Alec was dead set on, on getting that engineering degree. And, um, um, and I, I was grateful for Joker Phillips his freshman year, you know, he let him scoot off to labs. And that's where I was going with the story is like, it doesn't mix because um, engineering is like a team sport. You're doing like labs at night with your team. It's so much a, 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 a team thing for engineering that if you're letting them down by saying, oh, yeah, I got football again, I got football again, you're really not pulling your end of the bargain on the engineering side. And so, you know, you, you, um, you know, I remember Fickle saying to Alec in his office, uh, do you really want to do this engineering thing? And he said, yes. And he goes, well, if you hold up your end of the bargain, I'll have to hold, hold up my end of the bargain. Cause I think it was new for Fickle too. And, and I told Alec, Alec, if you're, I think I use the word turd, but if you're bad, if you're bad at football, they're not going to care. And if you're good at football, they're probably going to work with you. And that's, you know, I really believed it was going to be one or the other. And so, um, uh, yeah, it's, yeah, that's, I'm probably, that's probably the thing I'm most proud of. Just, um, I didn't make the graduation Chad. Stephanie did my, my youngest son had a, had a, had games Friday and Saturday. So we had to divide and conquer, but um, yeah, super proud of the kid. Well, unless Chad has anything else, Greg, you the, have, I guess the last thing would be, did you take some time doing AAU this summer to like, this is the last one, like, like to enjoy it a little bit, those car rides. And I, we talked on a couple of those car rides and 
you know, Cade's in the back seat going, Dad, are you talking to Chad again? Like, <laughs> did you get some time to enjoy that? Yeah, so for the other guys, um, the my son played on the Illinois Wolves, and they're like one of the uh, original um, Under Armour teams and had guys like Kata Diop and Frank Kaminsky and Evan Turner. Um, so it's a real established program. So he was on that team with some high-profile teammates. A kid who's on his high school team is 6'11", going to Gonzaga, another guy going to Duke, and they ended up winning the Under Armour circuit, which – I didn't think was going to happen, uh, but they went like 16 and one and, and just in, in, you know, Chad and I, we would talk because I would say, man, I like this kid, uh, you know, for Cincinnati, uh, you know, be like, uh, you know, Daniel Skilling or Leon Bott, you know, we would talk and Chad would always go like, I'm already on it type of thing. And um, yeah, I mean, I, it, it's, it's weird to say Chad because AAU is so messed up so often <laughs> You know, there's just so many. But it can be so good. Yeah, and 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 for Cade's team, they just had all the pieces. They were, they, you know, they they didn't pass the eye test, but they were just super skilled and they could move the ball and they were positionless on defense because they were a bunch of six six kids that could switch ball screens and you know all those like you know all those types of things. I, I, I realized like, wow, they're going to be hard to beat. They could rebound their misses. Uh, and then they just, just like Cincinnati, you know, you just, you know, you get confidence in working through moments. Um, and yeah, it was, it was super cool. I'm going to miss that. Yeah. We went Georgia, we went Atlanta, Dallas, and uh, Indy three straight weeks, you know, starting on Wednesday to Sunday, Wednesday to Sunday, Wednesday to Sunday. Always thinking, like, man, am I going to get through this without getting fired from my job? Um, and yeah, super fun. All right, well, Greg. Gonna... Greg, you've been a hell of a guest for us. Uh, <laughs> we 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 definitely appreciate all the the openness, the candidness, the just humility, all of it. I mean, you you, it's it's really cool to see, you know, Alec go from where he came in and and to where he's at now. And to have a, a, a parent kind of give us the, the backstory of all of that is something new for us. We've never done a parent before. And uh, thank you for being the, the first of, of that for us. Um, selfishly, I hope that he gets drafted by Cincinnati. So you're back here tailgating again. Although I'm sure you selfishly hope that he gets drafted by Chicago. So he's there where you don't have to drive anywhere. <laughs> two, two quick two quick wraps uh one is um, a comment and the other's um uh, thanks uh, the comment is you know um alec you know i had a bunch of people uh ask me was i annoyed that alec burned his freshman year playing all four special teams and I, the that thought never crossed my mind ever ever i was actually shocked that people would ask me that it never crossed my mind because it was best for the team and 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 it was pretty fun watching him play special teams and but um lo and behold it's probably his calling card to like um solidify his floor at the next level because of the value sure. of that uh and for a lot of our guys so what's interesting is when people think it's all about like the glamour um if you do things that's best for the team you can kind of like unintentionally get rewarded by that 
so that that's the one thing that um, I, I never I just thought it was cool. I thought it was cool that he's making tackles at the Rose Bowl. Um, yeah. and, and I was just always amazed that some of my my people that I knew would ask me, was I annoyed that he burned his red his freshman year, you know, playing special teams? Never thought about it. And then the second thing for you guys, you know, I know you guys realize um, how special this is for the community. And shit, the community is bigger than Cincinnati now. I mean, we've got it going crazy in Chicago. I mean, and um, you guys are a huge part of that. You know, it's just amazing. Just um, community so important. And to be rallying around something, in this case, you know, Cincinnati, Cincinnati Athletics, and specifically football, because it's right in front of us right now, um, is super cool. And you guys add to that experience um, and, and as for me as a fan. And so I'm super appreciative for all you guys uh, because the content is second to none. Um, and I say that as a guy who listened to Carolina basketball podcasts, the content you guys produce uh, is second to none. And I know it's, it's never ending. No, it's so growing. It, it's, it's certainly a rapidly. labor of a labor of love that that really makes fans like myself appreciative. By the way, Alec didn't burn his red shirt year. He still has it to use. So if he wants to come back next year, <laughs> <laughs> see you guys. Thanks, Greg. Thanks, Greg. Thanks, Greg. You too. Thanks, yeah, Greg. You too. That was fun. That was amazing. That was, that was fun. really fun. Too often, we, like you said, Aaron, we we get the we get the side of you know we interview f- past players and like what was your experience here, and you know getting the perspective of the you know the family of the of the players, uh, you know, the tailgating and and just you know the camaraderie that was that was fun. Plus, he's an awesome dude, like yeah. awesome dude. His I wife yells like- at him all the time because he'll call me and be like, "Hey, can you uh, can you give me?" A- like a table for 10 at the grail for after the game <laughs> or like, can you give me a table for 10 at Mio's for after the game? And I'm always like, yeah, no problem. Like I'll, I'll make a call. Like, you know, it's not a, it's not a, like a, a big deal, well, but like he embraced this thing big time and great personality. Great dude. He was, as Aaron knows, he was, he, he dialed it down to about two. He was, I was going to say he was, he was a little reserved. He was certainly a little reserved and I'm not mad it is what it is, but yeah. you know, I I just there there's and especially after you know I wrote this huge dad piece this week and it got a, a lot of great feedback and all of that and then to be able to kind of do this thing with Greg and Alec and all of that just kind of brings it all full circle and that was just really cool. So happy that we got to do that. So that was fun. I say listening yeah. to a listening to a dad talk about that kind of thing like. From his perspective, with where obviously his kids are all are all grown and are about to be, you know, his, his youngest is about to be moving into that the next level. Right, Princeton, and, Princeton, yeah, right. And then I got like I think Ed's uh, pipes are moaning. Uh, <laughs> I thought that was a flyover, <laughs> but, but well, and then like yeah, this this past weekend I. I, I've got obviously three kids, and I've got right. one who is now starting to play more competitive sports. Um, and by no means do I look at, at, at my son and say like, "Oh, he's going to get drafted in the NFL." Right. Um, but you know, it, it's fun to watch him do what he's doing in the at the pop winner level, you know. And 
And then this weekend, I got to take him on my birthday uh, down to his first Bengals game. And there you it, go. And it was like one of the, yeah, they lost. And we can maybe transition this into speaking about Bengals later. Uh, yeah. I can bring up more about it then. But, um, yeah, it was it was nice to see that, get that perspective from somebody and, and have him talk about it in the way he did without, you know, kind of dodging around anything, just answering everything head on. It was great. Yeah, I agree. So I know we talked a little bit about the Crosstown Crosstown shootout. I don't really want to dive too much more back into it, but there was another game tonight. You don't want to talk about the Crosstown shootout anymore. I mean, we can still talk about it, but I think we need to talk about it in a way that we can relate it to what transpired tonight. So as we talk about like criticisms or or praise, if there's any uh, from that game, I eventually want to get into talking about the game that happened tonight, but I was a little disappointed. And I know that the people, here's the thing. I, I brought it up last night and I want to bring it up again tonight because I know that you guys are going to give me a little bit more than Chad and Brent give me because it's a little different here in this environment than it is in, in that environment. But people are talking about canceling the game. That's ridiculous. That's you you cancel the game so when you dumb. know that you're never going to win it again. Like that's, that's that's ridiculous. We still hold the record, or the I mean, we're the still overall the record. Overall record. Thank you. It's we couldn't it's, have expected. Like I said before, before you know, before Greg come on, like I didn't expect a win, but I didn't expect to get blown out. But I think Wes is going to turn us around. Like we've talked about before, Wes has played yeah. in one of the biggest rivalries of you know yes. all of college basketball. Yes, and he look in the past. With a former coach, uh, you know, we tried to give away crosstown shootouts because I oh, feel the, like he, the previous regime, yeah, previous regime. Sorry about that, because you know I don't think he he took the, the as serious as we as we take it. Well, clearly not. When I mean when when everything was on the board last year, and unfortunately the previous regime, somebody in that previous regime had a close family tie that the entire family were Xavier fans. And you you have this situation where COVID happens and yeah. you lose the home game revenue. That's a big deal for that particular game. That's a big yeah. deal. Huge deal. And you offer up four solutions to try and figure it out and publicize them, the four solutions. But then you just settle. You just settle for, no, we're not changing this. And Xavier digs their heels in. I'm going to be honest. I think Xavier needs this game more than we need this game. At this point, yes, but and I think a lot of people are using no, that no, no, not at, not at this point. In the past, well, in yeah. the present, and in the future, they need this game more than we need this game because who's driving to Xavier to sell out Xavier? I'm how not. many game? How many games is Xavier selling out right now? I don't actually know the answer to this. I think I think ticket wise, they they come close to every game only because um, what are they 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 seat something like ninety five hundred in that place and. They it's have like ten thousand seven hundred seven or something like that. I okay. saw so, so, I saw, I saw that in, earlier today. Somewhere they have somewhere in the neighborhood of like eighty five hundred or seventy five hundred season ticket holders, and then they have a thousand seats that go to students that sell out immediately, and then there's only sure. like a thousand left over. So they're they're really they don't have to sell that many to sell out the game, right? No, they don't. But I think what Aaron's argument about Xavier 
you know, it's a bigger game for Xavier than it is for Cincinnati. I think people are using that argument as a reason to cancel the crosstown shootout. And I don't think that it's relevant. Like, like we said, like this is still a game that we look forward to every year. Now I wish it'd be later in the season and not the second month of the season. That'd be great. Uh, almost the first month, but we, this is still a game that we play and I don't ever want to see it go away. I still, sure. you know, like I said, not expecting win. I still got pissed off at people. I still think Zach Fremantle is a punk. Uh, he's the next JK, JP McCarrie. Who celebrates getting two technicals and ejected from a game? Who celebrates that? I don't – well, I did once. Um, but, no, that's not something you celebrate and, like, start pumping the crowd up with. That's, that's stupid. I don't know. I mean, like, D'Artagnan, they're – the the statue that got egged and cheesed apparently that's a thing which i believe they did yeah, themselves I, I don't know what that is um but they apparently have the sword pointed at cincinnati if i'm not mistaken and they have something else pointed at something else uh, i saw that on the news i didn't Baller. actually i didn't actually know that um but in any case like you have a statue that you actually pointed the sword and or, or whatever how are you going to cancel this game? Like you can't, I just think that there weren't heels dug in enough on the negotiation portion to just lose for a COVID year where there's a, a fucking pandemic going on. You can't have fans. Like I, I think they should have dug their heels in a little bit more because at the end of the day, this city needs this game in my opinion and and contrary to whatever anybody wanted to say after the game, yeah, Cincinnati lost. Cool. It's a game. Like we've also, been, lo- we've lost a lot of games over the past. I think twenty five is is about the, the the time span that Xavier fans like to only only use twenty five years. Also, congratulations yeah. to beating a team that was put together in thirty days. Thirty days. I mean, right. congratulations. I, ho- I hope your Super Bowl win is just as great as Kansas City's. I'm I mean, still. We- Go ahead, Jeff. Uh, I was just gonna say we like that. That was something that was brought up, you know, as, as a, a a thing. Was that when you see this team, we talked about it on this show like eight months ago, right? What was that March? So nine months ago, we talked about this. Yeah, there were there were four kids. There were four oh. kids on this team. And w- w- were those the only ones that, that hadn't entered the portal at that point? Right. We had four kids. One of those three, was Rob Banks. <laughs> three, we had three scholarship kids, and then we had Rob Banks and Sam Martin. So maybe five. So maybe we well, could have had. No, Rob, Rob Banks is a scholarship kid. Yeah. He wasn't, he wasn't at that point. He sure. wasn't no, yet. No, he was. He wasn't yet. He was because uh, uh, he was previous one. He was promised one, but hadn't, hadn't been put on scholarship. Oh, okay. Yet. All right. I got you. That, that's beside the point. The point is the number of kids that were on the team. And we were looking at not having a coach. And then we we get a coach. And like you said, over, over a 30-day period of time here, he puts together a pretty good squad of kids from the, the transfer portal, from everywhere that he could. Bring, bring some a of couple the kids, back. Bring, and I guess that's going to the transfer portal because technically they were in the transfer portal. Sure. Um. So he, so he brings all these kids in. We discussed it at the beginning of this season when Chad came on. Uh, it was probably one of the, the first times that Chad came on. We discussed how 
Wes Miller was starting at basketball one-on-one with this group. Yeah. Right? This is a group of kids that hadn't played together, hadn't had time. The, the kids at, over at Xavier have played together forever. Paul Scruggs has been there since Gillen. So, and that, that's a joke from Chad last week. Um, but <laughs> that, that's what you've got here. You still got a, a group that is working to find out who they are. Can we be disappointed that they got beat that bad? Sure. Would it be that bad maybe at the end of January? I don't know. Maybe. Is it going to be that bad in the future? Probably not. No. Hopefully it flips the other way. And I have more confidence in the fact that it's going to flip the other way sooner rather than later than I do that the game needs to be canceled and written off into oblivion. Did we want to cancel the OSU game right after... You know, in, in Fickle's first what was it first or second year, and we lost in that. Like, no, we didn't second. want to cancel it. We wanted to, we wanted to keep going, and it'll get better. It'll get better. I also have a lot of questions about that game. Like, there were right away we were called for flopping in like the first <laughs> five minutes. I swear, Nunji every time or whoever it was that kept it was Nunji. It was one thousand percent Nunji. He, he, he flopped. Every he single time. Hit, he hit the floor every offensive possession. Every offensive possession. That three-pointer with where he got the, you know, obviously got the free throw. That was that was a flop. But whatever, you know, I don't that, like the, that free throw. That was a flop. That that one free throw. Get no, it. I'm sorry, the three-pointer where he got the four. Oh, the, the four-point four play, yeah. And while you're talking while you're talking about getting sent to the 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 free throw line, which you know means that there were fouls called, uh, and referees are those who call fouls. Um, our good friend Aaron got, got called out for saying he didn't think that you know that there maybe there should be an age limit on, on referees. Yeah, Barstool Aaron. That's fine. I mean, what are we doing running out 60, 70 year olds out there? It's it's silly. It's silly. I know some witty 67 year olds who could probably still probably has still do it. Witty has nothing to do with being able to run the floor and call fouls. That is fair. Anyway, all right, so moving on to the game that was tonight, UC had a bounce-back opportunity against FAMU, the Rattlers of FAMU. A get-right game, maybe? Yeah, we had to call it get-right game. I mean, how how do you call it anything but? We have a couple get-right games coming up. We do, until we hit Houston. Who did not look pretty this weekend. Well, the, the, hopefully the, when they come here, they don't break chairs and throw, throw garbage cans hands. everywhere. Hey, but shout out to the player who picked it up. How, how does that work, Chad, when when you have a team who destroys property like that when they're in the arena? Like, do they we send can, them a bill? We can ask. Uh, yeah, we can ask. Uh, what's the yeah, coach's name? You can ask Xavier. They did it to Butler. Yeah, didn't they break a, a water fountain or something? Yeah. Yeah, tore it off the wall. So, yeah, you can ask them. So, Chad, like, I was at the game tonight. I was watching the game. Good to see AJ McGinnis back. I know last night we were talking about you have three guards. Well, tonight you had four. Yep. Nice problem to have. Um, He lets it it fly, doesn't he? He's not afraid to shoot the ball. And anybody who's talked to AJ McGinnis for, like, three seconds should not be – This is not a problem. Should not be surprised by that. Confidence is never a problem with AJ McGinnis. It's one of the like it, he, like he could play cornerback. He's one of those 
that like, you know, snapping clear. Like he could miss four in a row and he still thinks the next one absolutely is going in. I don't. So he's going to let it loose. I don't hate that because I feel like that's the difference between him and Trevor Moore. Wow, there's a lot of differences between him and Trevor Moore, but athleticism being one of them. Um, so what were your what were your takeaways tonight as you were watching the game, Chad? Um, just initially, I thought in the second half they've they finally like started to look like they were finding a rhythm again, like they were getting back to what we saw at the beginning of the year. Um, I still, they got to get better on the defensive glass. Yeah, that was a problem. And they were, they were trying to get the ball to Odie, even like offensively. I feel like the bigs are still struggling to find their role in both the offense and the defense. Just anytime they're on the floor, the, the, the five spot has been kind of the Achilles heel of this team at this point. Well, I mean, besides Vic, none of them are really guys you can just throw it to and say, go get me a bucket. Well, Adu Ado was was struggling to even catch the ball while he was down low. He had a couple passes, though, that put him in a bad spot where he had to, like, go off his feet, get it, and then when you land, you instinctively the ball comes down. Like, they're, they're not a good entry pass team either. So you've got bigs that aren't natural back-to-the-basket scorers and guards that aren't great at throwing it into the bigs right. who aren't natural back-to-the-basket scorers. That is a double problem. <laughs> that's, that's nothing like being hit by the double whammy. Yeah, that's that's not great. That's that's not a great combo for uh, feeding the post. But I mean, I don't know. I, I I thought the effort was definitely. It felt like they found a little bit of their mojo. Now, Florida A and M is is bad. So <laughs> there's no way around it. No, yeah, listen that, to KJ. They were they're a good team. Florida A&M is bad. Um, so that is what it is. But you know what you have to do against the bad teams? Win. Well, you've got to, especially when you're cut. Are you yes, talking it. about style points now, Chad? No, <laughs> I'm talking about internally when you're struggling, when you're on the struggle bus, like this team has been on the struggle bus, mm-hmm. you got to get right. Yeah. yeah. Like, like if you, if you play that game and it's within like 12 to 15 points the entire second half, you're not getting right. And you needed to see what we saw in that second half where they took 12 and next thing you know, it's 25, right? Like that you needed to see that you needed to see Jeremiah Davenport start to, to get his confidence back. Seven of 15 is a good night from the field. Well, what was he from two? Like well, that's, I think what was most important from two, he would have been five of seven. Yeah. He's struggled. He's really struggled from two. Now he can do some things against a, a Florida A and M that he he can't do against a Xavier. So you would expect that. But he like he had that little like baseline where he caught it and kind of gave him a a jab step and then hit the baseline jumper. Yeah, like those are things that are going to be able to be available for him that make him more than just a spot up three point shooter. Um, so I, I think ultimately as you get into American athletic conference play, 
him finding that rhythm of I can be more than just a guy that either A, catches and shoots, or B, straight line drives. Um, that's a big plus because when he doesn't have those other things going, he forces trying to make something happen because he knows this is, we all know this is not a secret to anyone. This is a team that struggles offensively, right? It's not a great offensive team. So when he doesn't feel that pressure to have to just like rapid fire, like when he catches from three, like I got to get a shot up to see if I can help us. Um, I think that makes the offense a little bit more calm, a little more balanced. Um, and we were back to seeing the the overall across the roster balance. And I talked about this last night on on the bounce. Somebody asked in the in the mailbag, you know, who is um, who is a guy you can see coming on over the the second half of the season? I thought Jared Hensley is a name that stood out to me and we saw him get what 11 minutes tonight plus minus was 15 he scored four points um got an offensive rebound had an assist like if he can continue to be a guy that you feel more and more comfortable with spelling john newman then guess what you don't have to go small when you spell john newman correct you know you can have a guy that's six foot eight that that can be out there and be effective for you um, so I, I, I was good to see. I thought he played pretty well against Xavier, all things considered. <laughs> oh, and Hensley, um, Hensley's and, a guy, Hensley's a guy that Wes Miller has brought up numerous times in his post game. Like, yeah, I'm looking to get him more minutes. He's a guy that I need to get more minutes for. Like, yep. and, and it's nice to see that it appears that he's starting to do that. The other thing I like to see from tonight is 14 of 17 from the line. Whew. That's eighty two that's an eighty two percent clip there. I think is what Ed's showing it there on the thing. But Odie Odie's stroke from the free throw line looks impressive all of a sudden. Yeah. Well um He struggled early in the year. Now he's stepping up there with some confidence. Hopefully that's gym? something hopefully that's something that uh, a lot of these guys are gonna start doing because that you know that obviously that that's something that's been a killer here in Cincinnati that has gone across coaching Years. staffs. Years. So it's not like I mean, it, it's unexplainable. Uh, is that a word? Unexplainable. Unexplicable. Inexplicable. Inexplicable. I'm glad we all worked through that together. Yeah, we did. But yeah, well, unexplainable you, is a word. It, it's unexplainable can, is a word. Inexplicable was both. the word he was looking but, for. That's what I was looking for. But when you look Two at a free at, at free throws, it doesn't matter how bad the other team is or how good they are because they're free throws. So you should make them. And Free, Jeff. I don't need that. That's something, that's something that you when you struggle through it. I'm just saying, like you know, you look at some of this other stuff, and people are gonna be like, "Well, Florida A and M is just terrible. They're just awful." Well, free throws. It doesn't matter if they're terrible or if it's the best team in the country, because it's just a free throw. So make them, and it's nice to see that they went back to a an 82.4 percent clip at that. Now, Chad, there was a, a spot in the second half where it appeared at least from where I was all the way up in the, in the corner um, where coach was yelling at. Yes. I mean, he lost his entire mind and it, it appeared that he was yelling at Vic and there was about three or so, maybe, maybe as many as five minutes where the team just seemed lackadaisical at best. 
And I assume that's what he was losing his mind on. But what was your takeaway from that moment? He he talked about a post game. He was upset with their, their getting back in transition D, um, which Vic was the the head of the snake at the particular time. He called timeout and uh, was out in the middle of the floor uh, doing his best, Mick Cronin. Um, but it was it was effort in relation to getting back uh, and stopping transition after. You know, there were a couple times where, you know, Cincinnati made a basket and Florida A&M just ran right back down and, and got a clean look up, you know, immediately after. So he was not happy with that. So the follow-up to that would be he left Vic in. Did that surprise you from things that we had seen with previous regimes? Uh, well, if I was holding it to the standard of previous regimes, yes. But that's not really who Wes is. Wes is more, I'm going to scream at you, but I'm also going to give you the opportunity to correct what I was screaming at you about. That's that's interesting to me. Like, that's very interesting to me because it's not a very it's not a very coachy thing to do. (laughs) By the way, uh, Florida had gone on a six and run right before. Yeah. um, You know, he called that timeout and yelled. Just just interesting to me to leave Vic in after you just bit his head off where you clearly weren't drawing up a play in that timeout. You were literally just screaming at the players. <laughs> so Vic's going to make a video about it. <laughs> I love that video. But, <laughs> that video is good. But I don't know. It was, it was just – it was very interesting to me as a, as a fan, as somebody who follows this program, as somebody in the media to see – you, you lose your mind on a guy, and then you left him in for the chance to prove you right. We're not used to that here. No, but I would get used to it because that's that's his style. That's, that's kind of who his philosophy, you know, th- that's who he is as a coach. He's, he's the type that he will lose his shit, but he's not going to – okay, I, I guess this just kind of came to me as, as a great way to describe Wes – He'll lose his shit, but he won't lose his mind. Okay. Does that make like I think that makes sense? Like, yeah. He'll flail wildly and call a timeout and scream at you, but then he walks over to the huddle and he's like, All right, now get your ass back in transition, or I am gonna take you out. Like, fix it. Now, is that is that something that Roy would do? Is that something that obviously I I don't watch enough North Carolina to like really I don't either. but you have to remember, like, he's had 10 years on his own to kind of develop this. I think we forget that at times because he's so young and he looks so young. This guy was a head coach for 10 years. So a lot yeah. of what he does is is Wes. Calculated. Like, this isn't – well, but it's calculated, of course. But it's not like he's not going through the trial and error process. He's already had the trial and error process of a decade. Um, and I think that's – that's really rare, obviously, for a guy that's 38 years old to have 10 years of head coaching experience at the Division One level under his belt. So and pretty successful experience too. We're yeah. not talking about a guy that you know doesn't know what he's doing or is still, like you said, figuring things out. Right. Do you think? I'm sorry, I'm going back to the 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 crosstown shootout because there's a one point they showed. Do we have? Come on, Ed. I know. I know. There's <laughs> one point they showed. Don't talk about that anymore, man. 
There was one point that showed Travis, Travis Steele sitting there, and he has this big old smile on his face. Do you think that was Travis Steele's Super Bowl? Because he he beat the guy who was right in front of him for the top coaches under 40 or whatever it is. I think it's his Super Bowl because that's what it's that fan Bowl. base prioritizes. Like that's, that's, that's what they want in life is to to beat Cincinnati. Like, he's not he's not walking into that stupid bar in Norwood dropping a thousand dollars, three thousand dollars this he's year. Got a mask on uh, for any other game, right? For the record, I just can't wait to go back. That game is played again next year. We slap them. Memphis beat Alabama ninety-two to seventy-eight. Ooh, somebody woke up Penny. Larry Larry Brown all of a sudden like showed up on staff this week. <laughs> Did they bring Mike Miller back? I don't know. I, I just want to go back to that moment. Like, that's – I'm not – I'm so not used to seeing a coach do that for Cincinnati – any Cincinnati team. Yeah. Is that something Huggins would do? Oh, no. Mick sure as shit would not – like, you'd be on the bench the rest of the game if he was that mad. Uh, we've, we've talked to Huggins players. He uh, Huggins would have sent him back to the locker room and told him to get on the bus. Right. It's, we'll meet you there. Yeah, just, we'll, hey, you go ahead, get a head start. The, we'll be there get soon. Get the fuck out. Absolutely <laughs> wild to me to see that. So, anyway, uh, there, there's two more get right games, I believe, uh, before we, we have the the test with Houston. I, I still don't think we're, we're there with Houston, but we'll see what the, the next couple games bring out. I was encouraged by McGinnis being back. He so was... My- hitting some shots and, and Newman was doing some things. He was all over the place. So I don't know. I mean, coach was definitely playing with the rotations, which we talked about last night on the BBP. Is he going to mess with some rotations? Well, clearly getting McGinnis back changes everything. I'm curious if McGinnis was getting Madsen minutes or if those are the minutes that McGinnis has earned. Cause that injury um, we'll was see. not something we I mean that, that that wasn't something we saw coming. No. Well, Wes said afterwards that it's something he had been dealing with, which could explain why he's been in a bit of a funk lately. Um yeah. it's a from what that from what Wes said post game, it's a hip injury, which trying to play basketball with a bad hip, not great. Yeah, it's not great. Yeah. It's not a great way to play It's kind of an important any aspect. sport for that matter. Yeah, for right, sure. yeah. Or, outside or, outside of know, thumb walking. wrestling, I think your hip is kind of, you know. Uh, yeah, even arm wrestling, you kind of need the leverage of, yeah. like, right? Like, yeah, you you're standing go way, up. You got to go all the way down to thumb wrestling for it to be uh, <laughs> not, not you a could probably You could probably paper rock sit. You could Rochambeau with a bad hip. Uh, I don't know. You go down pretty hard. Rock, paper, scissors, Spock. Well, Cincinnati has a huge game on Saturday with the Texas Southern Tigers, who are 2-7. and seven. With a, a get down out there. of Florida. Texas. Huh? They beat the crap out of Florida, didn't they? Did they? Uh, look it up, Ed. I'm on it. I'm already looking. Uh, yes, 69-54. They did beat Florida. Like, not like not, not close. Florida. They whooped Florida. Well, but Texas Southern is one of those – Texas Southern is one of those swag teams – that literally leaves campus at the start of November and comes back at New Year's. We also beat Illinois handily, kept up with Arkansas, 
and got our ass handed to us by unranked egg Xavier. Right. But this is, it's one of the, like, they do like they do 13 by games. I just wanted to make sure Facebook user was still listening. Egg. Oh, okay. So, Oh yeah. I didn't even realize that there was a, I would block them, but I know them. It's, it's Ed's brother. It's is gross. It... Ugh. If I Bill. had access, I'd block him. Bill, just, <laughs> just Ed. No, hold on. Actually, I wouldn't because Ed, this is what you get for last night. Last night was great. I'm rubbing your nose in it right now. I thought I had some legitimate questions last year, last night. You got yourself a troll, Ed. Congratulations. <laughs> it's your brother. We've made it. <laughs> All right, so. The Bengals. Oh. oh, I mean, I, I, I almost forgot we had to talk about them. I have uh, a hot take. Go for it. Is this our take from last night, Chad? Yes. Okay. Overtime. Bengals driving. They run twice. Everybody loses their fucking mind. Do people not realize that it was third and three? When third Joe, and three. When Joe got sacked by Bosa. When Joe got sacked. How do you get what it what happened with San Francisco on third and five? Jimmy G took one step, put his foot in the ground, hit a slant to Kittle. 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 Move the move the chains. Right? Yeah. Do I love that they ran twice? No. Would I have liked for them to put the ball in Burrow's hands? Yes. But Fair. the runs were called because there was a light box. So you're playing five on five, essentially. Mixing gets four. Mixing gets three. It's third and three. That's a – like, if it went mixing for one, mixing for two, it's third and seven – I would completely understand the outrage. Yeah. Completely understand the outrage. But you got to third and three, and you didn't, like, Joe didn't have a play dialed up in his head to get this first down. Why was he standing in the pocket for so long? Like, why was he there long enough to take a sack? There was a. Get the first down, move the chains, and go get the fucking touchdown. Yeah. On that play, there was a. I've seen it a couple times. It's been shared on the on third and uh, three. yeah, and it, it's it's been shared on uh, Twitter with the all twenty two look, which I guess you get if you have like the NFL Network. You can go back and watch like or, the all twenty two, or if you have or if you have season tickets, you get access to the all twenty two. Okay, oh, really? so that that's what that that explains why the people that shared it shared it. Um, <laughs> but then yep. but then there are people that are are smarter than me and I'm I'm attempting to learn more about football and coverages and these kinds of things and whatnot uh, but there there are folks that know more than me that that were able to break it down with the fact that literally there was nowhere to put the ball unless unless he put his foot in the ground and one step and threw one in because I believe it was Higgins had gotten inside of his guy right all right off the line, but then like was George covered. Did. But then was covered over the top by a safety. So there was that brief window of he could have hit him there. Well, because if you're playing off, and then the after ball, that, it was, then it was all gone. After that, if but, you're playing off the off the receiver, though, 
and you instead of doing your normal five step, three step, seven step drop, whatever the case may be, and instead you take a one step drop, a la Jimmy G, who is not a better quarterback than Joe Burrow. Let's be all the way honest. But to have the wherewithal to do that and to hit the guy who just crossed your line of scrimmage in that one step, you got to be able to make that call in your head. Like that's, I don't want to put it on, on Joe that they, they should, they should practice some, some quick plays like that though. They do. Like, I, I think the Jeff's point is they did a good job defending whatever play it was they had drawn up. Sure. Which I'm sure that's, that's very likely. But you got the third and three, right? Like what? So everybody would have been okay with first down, outsides covered. Joe drops it down to Uzama for seven. Second down, incompletion, third and three. Now everybody's fine. Right. Like that makes sense. I, I just I just have this issue with like jumping the gun on like this is how I wanted it to happen while ignoring the results of third and three is really good yeah. in yeah. football. I'll I, take third and three 99 times out of 100. So the I guess the question I have for you, though, as far as the, the coaching calls and, and things of that, when you have a fourth down and you line up your offense to go for it on fourth down, are you calling a timeout? Because, I mean, and I don't like, are, I don't, are you – did, did you do it to try to draw them off sides? Did you, or, like, or you saw intention? a coverage you didn't like or, right. or whatever the case may be? Like, we don't know that. But I feel like that happened a couple times in this game, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, it, happened, happened, it happened at the very happened beginning of the game in the fr- early, right. early. And then after that, there was they, they didn't send the offense back out on, on, on a fourth, on a down, fourth call, down that you should call, have potentially gone. Out. Yeah, they, there wasn't any of that. I so this is the first Bengals game I've been to in in several years. How I, awesome I, was it with your son? Oh, it was incredible. It, so he's he this year he's really become like a an avid. Well, how old is last he? Last year he's eight. Okay. So this year, like he started watching sports and stuff with me last year a little bit, um, kind of in the room, and then he he played football this past fall and has like fallen head over heels in love with football and all right let's do it let's go uh, and he had been <laughs> he had been asking to go to a game it, it's a little cost prohibitive he's also like playing basketball now and they play like a couple games a weekend whatever so he that he missed a basketball game to go to this um it was supposed to be a one o'clock game i won tickets so it was supposed to be a one o'clock game. We were going to be able to go to the game, leave, make it to his basketball game. It got bumped to four twenty-five. The Bud Light tickets finally. Yeah, the Bud Light Stimmy ticks. They finally came in, uh, in the very top row of section three eleven. So we had our backs. <laughs> uh, you can't go any higher. Um, obviously, we could have moved down. I asked him if he wanted to move down. He said, "No, I can see everything from here." I said, "All right, that's great." Because like the video boards are are fantastic at, down at the, at the stadium, and then where our seats were, we were literally at the top of, of the stairs. Video board right? should so like, be fantastic. They just replaced one. I know. So you go to the top of the stairs. There was no, there were no chairs in front of us. So he didn't have to worry about anybody standing up in front of him. He Thanks Hamilton it. County. So he, he got his food when we got there. When we, I realized like where we were at, I was like, all right, we're probably not going to get up and leave our seats at any point to walk. Cause it'll take us an hour to get down and then come back. 
Um, but he was having a blast, like watching it. He thought it was great. There was a, uh, a guy that was uh, in a row in front of us. that was a Bengals fan with his buddy who was a San Francisco fan. So there was some cool banter back and forth that he got to experience some of that. That was, that was fun. No, there was no, like without being inappropriate. Well, the, yeah. And there was nobody around us that was like outrageously drunk, which is like what I was used to going when I had season tickets, like people around sure. us being like out of control. Um, so there was none of that going on. I saw a lot more families there than I feel like were there whenever I used to go. We um, obviously I, never went to a game together. Maybe I wasn't like looking out for it. it um, then I don't know, like whatever I was younger. Uh, so that, that was all fun. And then, you know, he got, re- he gets real bummed out whenever, like when like, so if like the Bearcats are down in something or the Reds are down or the Bengals go down, like he gets super bummed. He just, he doesn't like watching them lose. He's like, wow, this sucks. And so then they started coming back. And so he's like, this is going to be the greatest win ever, dad. Like, this is going to be awesome. <laughs> Look at him. This is so awesome. And, uh, and then they moved down for, uh, for the field goal at the end. And he's like, they're, they're going to, they're going to win, aren't they, dad? It's like, I, I don't know, man. It's a, it's a field goal. It's kind of long. They might miss it. You know, they miss it. And then he's like, dad, I got to pee. He's like, have, <laughs> he's like, do we have time before overtime? Cause, Cause I got to go bad. And I'm like, all right. So he jumped on my shoulders. We ran all the way down the steps, like all, all <laughs> 35 rows to the bottom, go to the bathroom. We got the bathroom and there was a lot of drunk cussing going on there. Cause everybody's trying to go to the bathroom before overtime started. And we get back, yep. race all the way up the stairs. As we're getting back to our seats, they're kicking off for overtime. And I look at him, and it's cold, and he's running. And so his lungs, I know, are on fire. He's like hacking. And he's like, Dad, I'm, I might throw up. And I'm like, drink this Mountain Dew. Like, have I, like, you know, get, get something down. Your yeah, he seat was that. about to smell like the bubble today. Oh, oh man. So he, he did that, and, you know, they ended up, when they drove down, kicked the field goal, and when they ended up losing, he was a little bit bummed out, but we got home, and he stayed up until midnight because he had drank Mountain Dew, so we were sitting in the Way living room. Way to go, room. Jeff. Hey, you know, we That's were sitting in the living room. Well. But we were sitting good in the parenting. living room, and everybody else in the house obviously is asleep, and uh, I think there was still there might have been still a game going on or something on the TV, and he was over on his iPad watching football on it and uh he he just stopped and he like he looked up and he's like i had a whole lot of fun tonight dad like thanks for taking me and i was so that that made it that's the moment know, that made yeah. it worth it all you know they, yeah he's like even though they lost he's like it, it was a lot of fun to go and he was like you think we could go again before the season's over <laughs> I, I don't know maybe we'll see if we can swing we'll it see. right damn it but so we're I, hopefully she doesn't listen to this Kelsey doesn't know she's going to the Cotton Bowl. Oh, oh. what? So she's, just, she's just now gotten into being a big UC fan. Like, finally. Well, she has to go because Wait a if minute. she doesn't go, they're going to lose. Is right. she going so, with? with the, is she going with your dad? She's going with yeah. She's we're she, we're taking her. We just haven't told her, so we're going to give it to her for Christmas. Oh, so that's she awesome. thinks that like she's not going, and she's mad about it. She's like big mad about it. I'm Anytime so it comes up, she's like, I don't want to talk about it. Oh, that's the best. So yeah, we're gonna we're gonna surprise her on Christmas with tickets to the Cotton Bowl and tell her that she gets to go on the on the road trip with us. That's awesome. 
That's fantastic. She also, I, I pulled off, I, I'm going to be dad of the year for this one. So she's playing volleyball now, right? Oh, I know this story. And she's really gotten into it. And like, she's like, she's her and her friend were like sitting on the couch Saturday night while I was watching the shootout. They were watching the NCAA volleyball tournament. And she knows that Jordan Thompson is like UC volleyball, Olympian, whole nine yards. So I know Blake, Jordan's husband, that was an offensive lineman. And Blake just happens to walk in today. And I'm like, bro, the only thing my daughter really wants is to like meet your wife. He's like, oh, well, shit, she's back in town for the week or a couple weeks rehabbing an ankle injury and all like she's home let's go get lunch oh where are you gonna get lunch chad bread bar of course weird of course you mean that awesome chicken parm sandwich that you've tweeted out for the world to salivate over yeah well i asked blake and blake's a big dude he's an all former offensive lineman i'm like you ever you ever had bread bar he's like no i'm like look at this chicken parm he's like we're going to bread bar (laughs) (laughs) i mentioned when you're standing there and I mentioned, oh, the chicken sandwich, he was like, oh, a chicken sandwich? And you're like, no, bro. Hey, did somebody say chicken parm? Chicken parm? And he's like, oh, wait a minute, what? <laughs> and then he sees the picture and he's like, Jesus. So, yeah, she's going to get to meet Jordan Thompson next week for lunch. So That's cool. She's she finally at that, that age where she's starting, she's starting to realize, like, dad knows everybody in town. So she's like really working me hard on maximizing that. Like she's dropping like, <laughs> you know, this person can we do this? like, I heard this is going on. Do you, can you get me in there? I'm like, easy kid. Like relax. Sounds like the same thing I do. Yeah, it is. It's the, it, like, it's the exact same thing. My oldest son does. <laughs> easy kid. Come on. <laughs> we can talk about that instead of the Bengals. Aaron got to go to a practice in the, a bowl practice in the bubble today. I did. Uh, he, How did it smell? So let's let's talk about practice, Chad. Evan Prater looked cool. like looked like he was literally playing for his like the starting job today. He was phenomenal today. Like I've been watching Evan for two years, and he's had some really good practices. That's the best practice I've ever seen Evan Prater have. Like, like Denbrock. Denbrock refused to give me that it was his best practice when I talked to him. <laughs> right. Because he, he knew it was. That's good. He, to like, hear. He, he looked at you like, I'm not I'm not saying that. I'm well, not we weren't we weren't looking. No, that's the thing. We were standing next to each other, kind of both arms crossed. He wasn't looking at me. I wasn't looking at him, but we were having the conversation. He wasn't right. looking at me when he said it. Right. I will that's cry really good to hear. when Mike Denbrock leaves Cincinnati. That's my favorite human in the UC athletic department. I know that's not popular, but that guy is the, like Aaron got a taste of it today. He is hilarious. Well, the thing about Denbrock leaving in all fairness is it would, I would assume would mean as long as the, everyone else stays the same. If he leaves for a head coach job, as you've alluded to that he wants yeah. would mean, would mean that I would, I would Gino think would that our, Gino. Yeah. That, that our quarterbacks coach would probably move into that offensive coordinator role. I'm talking exclusively selfishly here. I understand. Because right. Mike Denbrock is pure entertainment for me. He Well, for everyone who comes into contact with him. Right. The guy, like, his, he's got a dry, like, sense, like a dry wit that is otherworldly. 
Like I, I, I enjoy Mike Denbrock and the opportunity I get to chat with him so much. Which reminds me, tomorrow on Bearcat Journal, as as part of our coverage for signing day, we will have exclusive interviews with Mike Denbrock and Mike Tressel, breaking down and detailing each and every recruit that signed with Cincinnati on signing day. That's something that we do every year. Um, I love it. It's one of my favorite things we do every year because I'm telling you right now, there's not another site in the country that gets that. Like you get the coaches press conference, the head coaches press conference, but getting what the coordinators see and what they think of each of these kids is a big deal. So I love doing that every year. I think because of the, like, we're trying to build the YouTube channel. I think I'm going to do them on video. That's good. And then put them on the YouTube channel tomorrow. We can play it as we do like the nightcap or some whatever. Yeah, we can we can play snippets or whatever. Yeah. That'd be solid. But I'm really excited about that. Is that is that a fifty percent off sale thing still going on? We still have fifty percent off an annual subscription to Bearcat Journal. And if you're already subscribed as a monthly member to Bearcat Journal, you can upgrade to an annual subscription. And also get the 50% off. So it's a pretty big one. We don't do that often where we let uh, upgrade. And we're, ooh, I tricked you there, didn't I, Ed? Yeah, yeah. Like what happened to my audio? I switched guns. Oh, I'll show you. I'll show you, Ed. You want to see the, you want to see it? Let me show yep. you. It's good, Mike. Is it the nano or the, or the full blue. size? The blue. All right, then. I asked for one of this for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> it's on the list. You got to get, from what I've heard from my research, you got to get the windscreen with it. Yep, that's so I, that's that's big. I ordered the windscreen. I, no, I need, I, I, that doesn't work for me yet. Aaron and I what? had this discussion last night. The a, little a pop, a pop filter? The pop filter doesn't work for me. I, the, the, the pop filter cannot contain me. Oh, you mean the foam thing? Yeah, the foam. Well, yeah. And and this is what the... this is what we were talking about on the BCJ boards today when we talk about playing with new yeah. toys. Last night Chad did not have this mic. And no. I apologize to everyone when <laughs> Chad was topping out. That was what I thought was the best audio that we had available between the two options we had available. It was real bad. That's 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 all Aaron me. sends Aaron sends me a text during the show and he goes, Chad's mic sounds horrible. I was like, he needs to return the blue. If that's the blue, he needs to return it. No, it hadn't come yet. But I was using the the webcam mic. Oh, that. So well, it's it apparently it sounds great. It's designed for like Zoom meetings, so it sounds great in the meeting, but it does not sound great when uh, being broadcast to the public. And yes. I have a uh, I have a modulation problem. When I used to do high school football games. They had to actually buy like a uh, five hundred dollar condenser to limit because I, my voice is just not microphone unique. friendly. Unique New York. It's not microphone friendly at all. I just like I blow out microphones like you wouldn't believe. Right now, power now. All right, Ed, you got ninety seconds or no, no, I've had. 60, 60 seconds. But I've drank this whole thing, so this is going to be an issue. This is going to be can't, can't wait for, for. Wait a minute. Did you just try to give him ninety seconds? If you Did have, you if you could give me ninety seconds, that would be great. I mean, okay. he's gonna have... it's like once, you, like if the, the 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 tag was on the rack, 
So he said 90 seconds. We'll, we'll see where you're you have at. have to give him 90 seconds. We'll, we'll see where you're at with 60 seconds. You're, now, Chad, you sound like the people who are like, oh, there's no tag. It's free. Blah. Well, no, but you advertised 90 <laughs> seconds. Like you, that, you did that. Ed I didn't just, do that. I just need to get out of here so I can get more beer. I'm six deep, and I'm looking for more. I didn't drink any at the game. This was a 32-ouncer. All right. All right. Ed, you ready? Is it bourbon? Yeah. Your time oh, no. starts. We'll talk about it in a minute. Your time starts now. All right. This week was WWE uh, AEW Rampage. I already messed up. Uh, by the way, rumor has it Kevin Owens is coming to AEW. That's a win. If you know why, you know why. Anyways, uh, so my dude Sting and Darby Allen were Darby Allen were in backstage doing an interview, and some group called FTR, uh, who had just had a forty-five minute match, attacked them. They were a bunch of jabronis. Um, they threw a small guy, Darby Allen, into a garage door, which I thought was pretty weak of them. Um, and then Dave Ramsey kicked a guy in the nuts or kicked Sting in the nuts, which I thought was weird as well. Um, and then Adam Cole and Wheeler Ulta uh, fought after that. Adam Cole's still a bum. Um, both of these guys um, are out here posing. or No, they're out here with posses like DX and NOD, <laughs> Nation of Domination. Uh, Newsflash, uh, they're not them. Uh, who's the guy with a face mask looking like a vlogger out here? Adam Cole really does think he's Shawn Michaels or something. Why is Adam Cole staring down Zach Morris? I mean, Orange Cassidy, uh, if you get that when you get that one. Adam Cole won, but uh, still Pat McAfee won. And why are we still kicking dudes in the nuts? Like, it's too, it's 2021. We should stop kicking dudes in the nuts. It's not nice. Uh, also, rumors. Uh, so apparently there's going to be a feud. Apparently, the feud that I talked about a couple weeks ago, M uh, MJF versus CM Punk, that's no longer going to be a feud. Uh, from what I'm reading is MJF has been talking about Adam Cole's girlfriend, Bit Britt Baker, a lot, and Adam Cole doesn't like it. Um, so would that be the next feud? I don't know. I hate them both. And um, time. That's it. Ed, I have a question. Did, I gave him 90. From, uh, nice. Well, did you go from uh, writing this out to typing it out, Ed? I did. And then and then, and then you, you said that they were posing instead of had posses you still yeah. said that i was trying to read it too fast also I drank uh 32 ounces of beer tonight craft beer so i actually have questions okay what's your question Why i got answers. questions i mean is adam cole the guy who does the 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 like commentary no that's um that's a different guy and we accidentally yeah, I accidentally That's said Michael Cole. Michael, Michael Cole. Cole and I accidentally mean. said the wrong guy to Sean Casey back when we interviewed him. So that's that's on me. There was another question I had, but I can't remember because I've also drank. So wait, is it the fact that Ed's gonna be on AEW? I can't wait. I have a figurine of him over here on my wall because it's the only time I'll get an, a figurine or an action figure of myself. That's true. All right. Well, unless you guys have anything else, do you have any other questions for me about AEW? I did. I, no. I lost it. It no, was no it was it was seventy seconds. It was seventy seconds after you ended. So that's all, that's all over. Okay. Well, um. Do we have a bum of the week? Anybody? Uh, Fremantle. <laughs> the referee that threw the flag for the Von Bell. Ooh, the taunting. taunting penalty, which I think is also, I think that you're muted, Chad. You're muted. You muted yourself. You can't do it. Don't do it. Don't point your finger in somebody's it, face. It, it yeah, wasn't he, even, just, he pointed it wasn't, the first down. 
There, there were. There he was picked some up an incomplete pass, Ed. There, there was some. There was some talk that it was that it was like some good-natured ribbing, friendly going on banter between the two of them. And, and then my issue is you call that, but then later on they like flex on Mixon and like chest bump him, and 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 you don't throw a flag for that. So that's my other thing about the crosstown shootout. You got two. You got three guys, four guys on the on the ground in a scrum trying to get the ball, and then they call a timeout. And the Xavier guys come out going like throwing fists and stuff like this because they're all excited and everything. How is that legal? Like, how are they allowed to come off the bench? I know it's a timeout. Somebody told me online. I, I appreciate that. But that feels like coming so off the bench. You, for a fight. you just answered your you just answered it your question. It feels like coming off the coming off the bench for a fight. It was a it was a heated game. They were on the ground. You know, they're probably still kicking and hitting each other. And then they come off the it's whatever. <laughs> do you do you snort? Do you snort? Adderall before you do your 60 seconds? What just happened? Well, you didn't let me talk about it during the crosstown shootout. So, so. Anyway, I did not tweet about this all week because I wanted to talk about it on the show. All right. We are at 208. It was a two hour podcast from Pardon the Punctuation. Thanks again to special guest Greg Pierce for joining Pardon the Punctuation. First parent, first parent we had. um, I don't know that we won't run that back to have some other parents coming on, especially in the off season, because it's a different perspective and I've had the well, opportunity to connect with some people. So that's one thing people don't think about. And, and I've had people tell me this a lot, like because of the way that we do coverage where we do practice reports and we do like detailed daily stuff, we have a massive community of like the football parents that are yeah. on Bearcat journal. So, like, Aaron has gotten to see that. Like, when I'm around the football parents. Mike Sanders all... told me last week he wants to bring me to a MyJ NFL game. Right. Why That's you? crazy. <laughs> Mike Sanders, like, Mike Sanders is coming. That's my dude. He'll be on this podcast before it's all said and done. 100%. That's my dude. <laughs> Thanks, Kevin. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> Go ahead, go ahead and end this thing. You know who else has that tattooed across their neck? We're not talking about neck tattoos anymore. Who? We have one hundred tattooed on his like right above. Like I remember, he had that. Who? Quadri more quad. Oh, quad squad. Quad squad had one hundred tattooed across his neck. And with that, that was another episode of Pardon the Punctuation. As always, I am your host Aaron Smith. Thanks for Chad Brendel dropping in after the game. The self-proclaimed best producer in the city. Aaron's coming for you, Ed. Aaron's coming for you. He's decent. And my partner in crime, play on words there, Jeffrey. (laughs) Jeff Howell, we are out. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.